Wait, 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 hold up. We've done this before. Let's try something new. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today is November 30th, 2020. My name's Bill, and I'm joined here with Steve. Hello, Bill. So, we want to apologize first and foremost that we haven't been, I guess, uh, consistent. Consistent with our, yeah. with our uh, releasing of episodes. There is a good reasoning behind it, and... Uh, I, I don't know if we're really at liberty to say exactly why. There's a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, privileged information. Yeah. You know, sensitive information that we can't discuss uh, too far in depth. I guess I, I guess what we can say is a certain, a set, uh, yeah, a certain member of this organization that is no longer affiliated with us has... Uh, I guess one could say jumped on a submarine to go over to uh back to the motherland. Back to the motherland. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he uh I mean there's a lot of stuff that went behind, a lot of confidential stuff that we're not allowed to discuss over the airways for fear of uh national and international security behind uh our counterparts, you know, behalf, but he put up a good fight. He put up a great fight. Put up a good fight and uh at yeah. the end of the day just all we can he, he might be out there for philanthropy work. I mean, he might just be out there. So we don't want to make it any assumptions that he went for any negative reasoning, positive reasoning. You know, he just had a mission and he's on it. We wish him all the best. And uh, so I guess for the foreseeable future, we're just going to have a rotating cast of third guys to fill in the vacant chair. Who knows? Maybe even you could be on this show. Get at us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at RATM Podcast, or even drop us a line on our email at RATMPodcast at gmail.com. So, I guess we've had more than enough time to come up or, you know, find new and interesting things. Have you found anything new or interesting? I think our new or interesting is pretty mutual. Yeah. Yeah. So, funny, like a little bit of a backstory here. It's no secret that Christmas is right around the corner. Um... My wife, Nicole, was buying me vinyls on Amazon. Assistant to the assistant manager. Yeah, assistant to the assistant regional manager. Yes. <laughs> she um she was buying me vinyls and some random vinyl showed up and uh by what I hear, it's nowhere even close yeah, to the what vinyl was originally and supposed I to know be yeah, I know the truth. The vinyl that was supposed to come from uh the known company of Amazon, the one that was supposed to come it's not even the same sport, put it that way, if we were going to put this into context. I mean, this this was, you got a hockey stick and you're about to go out into left field and play for the Philadelphia Phillies with a rugby glove. And uh, it was just way total difference, total difference. And honestly, it was a shocking good difference. Shockingly good. You know, it, when I got this album, uh, the band is called A Secret Revealed. 
Uh, the album is called Sacrifices. Yes. When I got it, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like the the rat, like the you know the cellophane on it had like a sticker that was like for fans of. It, it was just like a like a like bunch of shit I'd never even heard of, and I was like, I don't know. Like yeah. I don't know, and like from the cover, it's like it could be anything. Yeah. Nowadays, it could have been a fucking rap album. So I put it on, and uh, I was. I was surprised enough and I enjoyed it enough to where I instantly texted you. I was like, you need to check this band out now. Yeah. And I, what would you say? They're more, they're, they're, they're like a, it's like atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Like it's not so much symphonic, like Demi Borgir, but it's like kind of towards that realm of like very ambionic, like ambiance of like black metal. Yeah. But this is the thing with me, and I, I get really weird with black metal. Sh- I showed somebody, for instance, the band dissection, and they were like, oh, this sounds like that band, you know, from Guitar Hero, Through the Fire and Flames. Couldn't even think of the name, <laughs> because they just, like, that melodic, like, yeah. epic sound, like, gets to people sometimes. Like, my fiance fucking hates that type of metal, and she's, like, into brutal shit. Oh, but yeah. she hates fucking, like, I, that I've mo- seen her Snapchat post, and I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah, when I get into, like, my, like, melodic, you know... Viking epic, you know, black death metal, melodic death metal. She she's not about it. She likes the real brutal stuff. But this album, because I, I that what I do every night. I budget like at least 30, 40 minutes before I go to bed. I kind of just like do some schoolwork and I listen to music. You yeah. know, and I put it on and it's like the perfect like like background sound to like being in a forest with snow covered trees. That makes it was sense. Very like dark, <laughs> like the sun was just gone down. Like it was very cold feeling, and it was just yeah. I, it's hard for me to explain when it comes to, like the ambiance of black metal. But I enjoyed it. It was one of those ones that you could just play through, and nothing stood out to me. It was like, damn, I want to skip that. Like the it was an yeah, album. It was, just, it it was, was consistent. An album. Yeah, it was consistent all the way through. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like I think the way I explained it to you, or at least how I perceived it, it was like a like a. Like a diet cradle of filth. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're a fan of like hardcore, of like you know the you know we're talking about metalcore, deathcore type you know hardcore. Yeah. If you're a fan of black metal, you know even if you're a fan of just extreme metal in general, with the, you know you can get digest the, at least the vocal ability. Yeah. It's a very enjoyable album. It kind of like because the fact that you liked it and could yeah. recommend it to me because me and you differ on a lot of extreme metal at times, yeah. but you you recommended it to me. I was like, wow, this is like. Perfect. And it was all on accident. Because I know for a fact my fiance <laughs> would fucking hate it, which makes it perfect. Because like that's what I enjoyed. Like, this was like, all right, this is up my alley. Um, I think one of the standout tracks I think I would recommend is "Old Ghosts." That was um, that was the first one I heard. I mean that I don't think that was the first one on the album itself, but um, yeah, right after that, "Empty Throne." Empty Throne. Empty that was Throne the other was one. Fucking dope. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a very, very good album. Like I said, it was a it was a welcomed surprise. Yeah. It was a welcomed accident. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, actually, as a matter of fact, we were in talks with said band, and they're going to be coming on the show here in the next couple weeks. Which so is awesome. Be sure to check that shit out. That'd be super fucking cool if you could just have like that. You know, you know how they have all the algorithms that kind of get your, you know, sense of taste anyway on yeah. Instagram, Facebook, like on Amazon. They see what kind of music you order. You know yeah. what I mean? And all of a sudden, like you could just have like random vinyl of the week type thing. You click on it, buy it for ten ninety nine or something. And they just send you a random album. I think there's something a service like that, but it's not. I think it's more geared towards like hip hop and mm-hmm. shit. I've seen the ads on Facebook. I can't. I can't tell you who, who what the company is. Because that'd be but cool. I think there's something like like a subscription service. Because think about it, when was the last time you heard new music for the first time in a, like a tangible format? 
like not on digital, you know, like you put on a CD for the first time. And that was the first time. It's been a very long time since digital streaming, right? It's very rare. Pretty much. Yeah. I think the last one, the last album that I heard that wasn't on like Spotify was when I bought Boggy Depot. Okay. And like, that was just like spur of the moment. Like, Hey, it was there. And now I'm listening to it. Yeah. And then I downloaded I tried that with Lamb of God and couldn't fucking wait anymore <laughs> after a week delay. I was like, dude, you already released half the album five days before. Like, I'm beat now. And then the best song from those sessions got put on a movie soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. You know, it's funny. We talk all this shit sometimes, but like if like fucking Randy or Mark Morton or fucking Willie Adler was sitting next to us right now, we'd be I'd like, be begging yeah. for his autograph. Be like, dude, that fucking last album was awesome. I would find reasons be like, to like wrath all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. African Child was great. <laughs> What did you think of African Child? Checkmate was the best thing you guys have put out yet. <laughs> I was a huge fan of Wrath. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Death of Us was probably the better song out of that whole batch of new songs. Oh, yeah. Death of Us was fucking awesome. Resurrection Man was pretty dope. That was but good. But, yeah, it just fell on a bad album <laughs> overall. On this day in music history. On this day in music history. November 30th, 1966, the brilliant but erratic guitarist Jeff Beck officially leaves the Yardbirds after a year and a half of being in the band. He then later forms the Jeff Beck Group. You fan of Jeff Beck Group? Uh, I never really gave him an honest listen, but I've listened to Jeff Beck as like the guitar player, yeah. like like the Jeff Beck solos and yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that, the videos you'll find on YouTube. Yeah. I'm a fan of his playing. He's very good, yeah. And, I mean, I haven't really given the Yardbirds any kind of real like, the Yard- honest listening. The Yardbirds, to me, because of like all the talent that came through there, but it was at like the wrong times because everyone was like leaving, someone was coming yep. in, you know, like Clapton and Paige and all that stuff. Um, they're like a blueprint. Like, it's, like, a good thing to listen to to understand where a lot of things were headed, especially in terms of, like, all the guys involved okay. in their careers. It's cool to just hear, like, that early established work. I think that's, like, one of my bigger problems that I have to, like, go back and listen to, like, that Understood. older shit yeah. to understand everything Well, it's else. almost the same thing with, like, movies. Like, you know how hard it is to get my nephew into, like, the first Friday the 13th after he's seen the remake? I almost choked him at Thanksgiving when he tried to tell me that, like the special effects today are like you guys like were you guys had nothing back then like dude I was watching Scanners the other day like practical effects man dude made that shit those eighties horror effects I've I'm a firm I've I'm a firm believer I fucking you know in basement box I always talk about the shit all the time practical effects so much better they're the way to go God damn like the original Chucky's yeah all those fucking dude. child's play movies. Dude, everything. Fucking from Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, all that shit, man. The practical effects is what made it scary. Yeah. Because no matter how good computer-generated effects get, it's still going to look fucking fake at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Like, it's going to be so outlandish and shit. Like, dude, even I was watching recently. I mean, we're getting way off topic here, but <laughs> I was watching uh, the behind-the-scenes featurette for Terminator 2. Oh, okay, And, like, yeah. all the fucking visual effects he did for that. Dude, dude, just that scene where he was cutting out his eye. In the first one, oh, yeah. when he had to like, you know, fix his, dude, that thing, even as fake as it looked though, like it was just like, it, it made me cringe. I think my favorite Terminator scene with practical effects is when they're in fucking Miles Dyson's house and he fucking cuts, cuts his skin yes. off and then he fucking like pulls he gloves his like, whole arm. Yeah, like, dude, dude, that dude. was like the baddest shit so ever. So dope. But yeah. So dope. <laughs> 11 years later, 1977, Bing Crosby's last Christmas special airs. The program was recorded in September, and Crosby died that October. 
The show is remembered for Crosby's unusual duet with David Bowie, where they sing a modified version of Little Drummer Boy, with Bowie singing the new, quote-unquote, Peace on Earth lyrics composed by the show's writers. Are you familiar with this particular song? No, I'm not. This is Nicole's favorite Christmas, Christmas song. song. Really? Yeah. That specific God. duet? This this particular song is her favorite. Really? I'm personally not a giant fan of it, but it's not a bad song. I like. It's like one of those things to where, like... Do you top it over Mariah Carey? No, you you still got that, dude. Up there. That, that's my number one Christmas it's, song. Yeah, like the, the <laughs> that thing's like an earwig, dude. Just crawl it in there. It's and, like stock. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like you know, like, like Thanksgiving being last your, week. Yeah, dude. It's already started. It was like boom. Like dinner's over. All I want. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, nineteen seventy nine. Pink Floyd's album The Walls released, seeing out the seventies in spectacular fashion as it sells over thirteen million copies. The powerful concept album's themes of isolation and despair uh, resonate with legions of fans, and it even spawns a number one single, Another Brick in the Wall, Part 2. You guys on uh, one of our sister companies of the Basement Box Office did an overrated, underrated, I believe, right? Recently. Overrated, Pink Floyd's The Wall. 100% my book. I've never watched it. The movie, but I'm even talking about the album. Oh, really? But the movie was like, I mean, I I, because I watched it as a kid, I liked it. You know, yeah, I, I enjoyed it to an extent. Um, and I think a lot of that was just because at first I tried to force myself to like it because it was weird and everybody liked it. And I was like, I want to understand it too. But yeah. the more I watched as I got older, I was like, this is pretty cool. But the album, I mean, that's like, I kind of put that, like Abbey Road, for instance, right? Okay. Sgt. Pepper's, like a lot of Beatles albums get a lot of recognition, but there's still a lot on there I can digest. But the yeah. wall for me was too long and it was just too, it's almost like, all right, Tommy by The yeah. Who. Like, very overrated in terms of the Who's discography, my point. Like, this, compared, if you put it next to Dark Side, you put it next to Animals, you put it next to Obscure by Clouds. I mean, this is, I yeah. hate that it gets as much attention as it does. This is the back in black of Pink Floyd albums. <laughs> I would, I don't know, man, though. Back, back in Black was pretty good. It might be like the Razor's Edge. Okay. Where it had like Thunderstruck and shit. Yeah. Okay. That's better. All right. <laughs> the Razor's Edge of Pink Floyd. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's funny. That's I mean, day. what else was on that album besides another brick in the wall? Part Comfortably two? numb. Okay. Part one. Um, mother. One of the ones that I did enjoy was Goodbye Blue Sky because there's actually a, it's like did 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 you hear the falling bombs? And it's like in the movie, like they like really cool, like, anim- oh, like you know, animated it does like facts, the visuals. Like, very yeah. cool, yeah. But the one was Hey you. Oh, I hate that song. Yeah, that song. See, hey, you. this is the like think about all the songs that they play on the radio by Pink Floyd. Ninety percent of them are going to come from the wall because Dark Side usually gets time and money. Yeah. Um, animals, nothing. Money's probably my least favorite Pink Floyd song. Like, hundred percent. Fucking hate that. I song. can't stand that song. But the thing that really kills about me, and I talk about it to this day, ruins the whole fucking album. That album is flowing. It's dark, and there's. Don't yeah, get me wrong, on, it's a cool bass line. It cool doesn't riff, work but... in the album at all, man. <laughs> like, you're like half like in a zone, and all of a sudden, like, what the fuck? Like, he just like comes out of nowhere. Um, but funny. yeah, The Wall, I'm just going to go out there and say overrated album. Feel free to disagree with me, any Pink Floyd fans out there. <laughs> Three years later, in 1982, Michael Jackson releases the iconic thriller, which becomes by far the best selling album worldwide. That's obviously. He made Thriller. Yeah. <laughs> That's now... It's an uh, undeniable record. It, yeah. This is the thing when I discuss music with people and uh, 
the big thing about just understanding a person, understanding music, like at the end of the day, regardless of what you listen to, who you are, mm-hmm. I mean, you could be like in state prison for 25, you know, getting out on parole in like 2030. You could have been downstate for 40 years. You could be a CEO of Exxon, like <laughs> white privilege through the ass. You're listening to Thriller. Oh, you, dude. You, even if you don't listen, you have heard it. Mm-hmm. And it's still one of those songs that, because like recently, like my, my four-year-old nephew, I remember when I was a kid and I first saw the video and just because of the video. Oh, what, for Thriller? Like, yeah, I was like, this is yeah. so fucking cool. Because I was like, I was in the, you know, Halloween There's style zombies. Stan Winston practical effects, dude. So good. <laughs> and uh, my nephew finally saw it. Loves it, dude. Thriller's and he was into those like, he was into those like high school musical type, like kid movies and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, damn, dude. Like, so like I put Thriller on one day and he wasn't really into it. But then my parents, when Halloween came around, yeah. were really running it. Now he's like. Dude. Knows the lyrics. It's awesome. Does he know the dance yet? Oh, yeah. We got a video of him. <laughs> like, really That's trying awesome. it. Yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome. Dude, it's just one of those things. Like, you know, whatever he may or may not have done after Thriller, you can't take away the fact of how fucking flawless that album The whole album. Is. Dude, from start to finish. PYT, Billy Jean, Beat mm-hmm. It. I mean. Especially Beat It. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm I may even go out on a whim here to say that Eddie Van Halen might actually be partially responsible for the fact of Thriller doing so well. Definitely. You know, I wouldn't say he's like got like fifty percent credit for the album. No, but no, he's no. definitely got a chunk he, in yeah, there. Yeah, he's got a nice little. Absolutely. Like, dude, like this would be like the equivalent of like nowadays. I guess if you were to have, well, there's no one like of that type of caliber anymore. But if you were to have like, um. I don't know. For instance, fucking Brian May on John a Mayer. John Mayer on a fucking song. You'd be yeah. like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, I'm gonna have to check this out. Absolutely. You would at least download the single. Yeah, like now, like back then, it was but, like, "Holy shit!" And even in our age group, when we were coming up and stuff, and you heard that song, you wanted to know who did that solo. Fuck yeah, you did. You wanted to know who did that riff in general. That's Steve Lukather from Toto. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. The There's song a really itself. Good thing I watched, but that where he was talking about recording that. Oh yeah. Apparently, it was supposed to be like a huge like rock production, and Quincy Jones was like, "No, not happening." <laughs> <laughs> like he said, it was like fucking like quad tracked guitars. Like he said, it was like a big sounding like rock song, and Quincy was like, "Nope." Quincy was right though. Cut that shit in half. <laughs> that shit was dope. Though. <laughs> it was a good song. Yeah, I know. amazing song. I don't know. But yeah, Thriller, undeniable. What's cool about that, if you go back to Be It Too, the great thing about that is there's no parts of that song that really stand out over any. Like, you know, no. the, the guitar fits perfectly. Yep. His vocals fit perfectly. Even all the synthesizers and everything that, like, it's just yeah. a perfectly blended song. Well, that's the thing, dude. That's that's the thing with Thriller and the thing with Quincy Jones. Yeah. Like, his thing is everything has to be on an equal playing field and maybe the vocals or the, you know, like the star yeah. has to be a little bit above the rest. Yeah. But like thriller and beat it in particular, like that, like you just said, it's just one of those songs. Just blends perfectly. It's perfect. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what kind of mood you're in beat. It, it's fucking, it's there. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, uh, like a security blanket almost. Like, do you like hot dogs? Yeah. When you make a hot dog, do you put like ketchup or mustard or anything on it? Mustard and relish. Mustard and relish, right? Like, you could eat a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Like, Michael Jackson's vocals over top of that was, like, the relish and the mustard. Because that yep. really makes the hot dog, but that's not the, the exactly. bread and butter of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Is Michael Jackson the mustard and relish? <laughs> Get us at <laughs> Is Michael Jackson the topping for <laughs> the condiments? Yeah. 
Uh, taking a giant leap here to 2011, dubstep artist Skrillex is unexpectedly nominated for five Grammy Awards, including Best New Artist, a first in Grammy history for a DJ. It's funny that they mentioned unexpectedly, because in 2011, Skrillex was huge. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess at that point, I guess they finally started considering his music. I guess, yeah. Music. Yeah, true. I mean, that's... And, and I give a lot of credit for that, because that whole dubstep EDM era um, was more underground than people made it seem until it became... Like, dude, I, this is what I hate about pop culture. People take it to a level, mm-hmm. like, Avicii became, like, overplayed almost. Like, people, oh, you listen to Calvin Harris? Oh, you listen to Avicii? Yep. Like, they're, you know, they already put him in a mainstream light. But those people, for the longest time, were like, who the fuck? Who? Exactly. Like, even now, Skrillex. Like, if you say, I listen to Skrillex, you don't listen to real dubstep. You have, like, mm-hmm. dubstep elitist out there now. <laughs> but that's cool. I mean, to get nominated like that, that's, I always appreciate when artists can, like, break through that. Well, there was a movie, Genre dude. Bear. I don't know if we've rec- if we reviewed it earlier in the in the series or not, but mm. it's called What We Made. I believe so, and it was all about dubstep. That was like season one or season two. Yeah, yeah I it, definitely remember you mentioned it. And it's funny because even in that documentary, they don't even mention fucking Skrillex at yeah. all. But like, my point being with all this is, you know, love it or hate it. A lot of these guys, Skrillex included, make this shit themselves. Yeah. And a lot of people tend to forget that Skrillex is actually Sonny from first to last. Like, he's actually a musician. Oh, yeah. He's actually a fucking, you know, accredited fucking musician and artist in the, I guess, the emo hardcore, I guess, the, I guess yeah. from first to last was. I was never a big fan. But, you know, like, for the, for him to be nominated for a Grammy... Like, that's just... Uh, for five. I mean, that's... Exactly. Yeah. For five. Like, it's just it's just wild because it just shows you, you know, that times are changing and they finally caught on to it. However, on a side note here, the AMAs just happened a couple of weeks ago and uh, they forgot to mention a particular somebody who just passed October 6, 2020. I know I sound like, a, like I'm beating a dead horse here, but... His contributions to music are, you know, unparalleled, and uh, the AMAs really fucking did him dirty. Yeah. But another thing, too, is, I was just talking to Michael about it a couple nights ago. They did the best rock pop category. Guess who won? For rock pop? Who? Lady Gaga. In the rock pop category, there was no rock bands at all. Justin Bieber was in the rock. Well, you know what's really pop. crazy? This is the thing with like that whole genre, you know, I don't know, confusion, I guess you could say. Because for a very long time, you could have considered like Led Zeppelin pop music. Yeah. You know, because it was popular music. Mm-hmm. And then pop kind of got its own term and put it next to it. But you have guys like Kanye West who go out there like, I'm the future of rock and roll. Like they treat rock and roll more as like the same thing with people with like punk music, where punk was like, more of a attitude. lifestyle. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. personality as opposed to a genre, which it's fine to a certain extent. But when you have people say like, yo, I like rock music and they'll offer you like, Jesus or something, you know, like, I mean, it's just, then it, you know, cause then like it becomes difficult to be able to teach people about certain things. Exactly. Cause I know there's going to be a point when I have kids be like, yo, listen to Appetite for Destruction. This was rock and roll back in the day. And they're like, nah, dad, you know, this new Lady Gaga stuff. And I'm like, well, son, listen, let me explain to you how it started. Like it's just, I mean, there's just gotta be certain boundary respects to an extent, but exactly. I can get if they want to just use that as a, 
terminology to describe a lifestyle or a. I, yeah, I, I can understand it, but like in that sense, though, if you were to have rock in the yeah. category at all, like you know, like I'm yeah, not you could have put like for, Greta Van Fleet up there just for <clears throat> shits and giggles to at anybody, least look dude, like there was Foo an Fighters put out new shit. Yeah, anything. I mean, even though I thought that song was trash, that shame. Yeah, shame just at least shit. just get them on there for <laughs> something. Yeah. Like anything, you're telling me there's no new rock bands. Like I'm pretty sure they're pretty reckless. They they're put they just put out a new album. Like yeah, they, like that none of that shit was any good. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, ninety three three still kicking somehow. So there's got to be stuff out there. <laughs> that fucking song, man. What is it? Um, Death by Rock and Roll. Yeah. Like I heard that fucking song. It's just like <laughs> I, when I say I heard it, I mean I've heard it ten thousand times. Oh yeah. And it's just like what the fuck, man. Like give it a rest. Like where's the other singles? Like is this it? <laughs> It's bad. But yeah, the AMA is fucking total bullshit. Yeah, I, I really lost touch with the AMAs because it's just half the artists, like you'll see some perform and then you're like, oh yeah, I know that person. But then you see the right, you know, the, the nominations, you're like. Yeah. I mean, then again, we are in the time period to where people believe that Post Malone is the one giving Ozzy Osbourne a shot. I know. <laughs> I know. I can't believe Post Malone did this for this guy. He's very nice. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like Ozzy was some fucking street performer. I give a lot of credit. To, yeah. I give a lot of credit to Post Malone, though, because he is cool about, like, making people aware, like, yo, That's, I'm yeah. nothing without this dude. You know what yep. I mean? Like that. And the whole Nirvana thing he did, which was great, like giving that exposure. And I like that because that's essentially what he's trying to do. The problem is, is when you take a fan base and then they are like, want to know the songs and then that's how they start their understanding of it. Like, oh, Post Malone did this song, or yeah. Post Malone covered this song by some band, and then you're not really understanding. That's why, you know, the same thing we talk about with the Yardbirds, like exactly. understanding some sort of structure behind it. Because obviously Post Malone is doing that because he already has an understanding and respect for those artists. Yeah, exactly. You know, But then the fan base is obviously younger to a point where, you know, if you're not really into music, you're not going to go far as behind as... I mean, I hate to say it, 1990 is becoming, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like Jesus, we're, we're yeah. getting there, dude. When you go on uh, 102.9 and they're playing fucking Everlong, I know. it's like, what? Holy shit. Like, you know, like, I like I finally <laughs> heard like 1979 it. on there by yeah. like Smash Pumpkins and like, that was old now. It's dude. like one of those things now to where I can understand, like when people are like, now you're making me feel old. I it's know. Like, like yeah, I'm my dad older than would hear like Boston and I'm like, dad. <laughs> More than a feeling came out like a hundred years ago. What is this? Like I'm sitting there listening to Everlong on fucking classic rock radio, and I'm like, I'm older than Everlong. I know <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's uh, last, funny. last thing here in uh, history, 2019, uh, Slayer called it a career, playing their final <clears throat> show at the Forum in Inglewood, California. Last song, of course, is "Angel of Death." Um, their final tours, their two final tours. I was able to be at both of them. It was a little upsetting after the first one. Like, I'm glad they didn't hang it up, but then they got, they suckered me into like another $50. Like, we're doing a final, final tour. And I'm like, all right, I have to go now. There's one more. They could have did like six final tours. I'm like, I gotta go again, you know? But um, they actually released a live album of this called The Repentless uh, Killogy of that okay. show. Uh, the set list is excellent. It's 21 songs running an hour and 32 minutes. I mean, they play Chemical Warfare, Hell Await, Seasons of the Abyss, Born of Fire, Hollow Point, Mandatory Suicide, War Ensemble, Postmortem. I mean, the Disciple. They they really put on a fucking great set list. Yeah. And even with Gary Holt being up there instead of Jeff, they always paid like honest respects to Jeff, which was fucking cool as Yo. hell. But dude, I'm telling you, Slayer was one of those bands that like I think just... They faded out as perfectly as possible. They didn't run their career into this like abyss of albums. Two bands I can think of in particular. <laughs> <Metallica>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
that are like kind of going that same direction. Yep. Like Repentless, the album that they released a few years prior to these final tours. I like Repentless. Not bad. It's not. It's like Motorhead to me. Like they, yeah. they kind of like those tail end albums. You're not going to put them anywhere near their early work, but it's no. it's definitely enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like I actually have listened to Repentless more than the first time I've listened to it. Like I've actually put it on just because I wanted okay, to yeah. listen to it. You know what I mean? I, I liked it when yeah, it came out. Yeah, but you'll never catch me here like Magnetic of Death or uh, <sighs> Dystopia. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but the, yeah, there's uh. Like Slayer to me, it was just perfect the way they went out. I think the tours were great. The shows were not expensive. The set lists were great. The performances were fucking awesome. The live album that they capped it off with of this final show and, you know, their home home state, fucking excellent. Um, And I think with Slayer, it's funny, it's ironic because that's like another band, right? Mm -hmm. And I've had issues with Slayer in particular for certain individuals of trying to recommend them like Slayer. (laughs) And when we talk about, um, you know, obviously, when we mentioned rock and rock pop and stuff and trying to get people like, hey, you know, Post Malone covered this. Like, you should check out the band he's fucking covering. Yeah. So the question is, and the main topic I kind of want to narrow in on here is, is there bias when it comes to listening or being recommended new music? Like, is there a certain level of, wow, my friends don't like this or I don't like this genre already because I've heard so many bands that I don't like of this genre and regardless if it's new and I've never heard it, I'm immediately going in with a thought like, I already don't like this. It's probably not going to be good. I can think of a couple examples off the top of my head. Well, with our now non-existent third guy, there was a lot of recommended shit that I just never gave the time of day. Just couldn't because I, I just couldn't do you it. You knew where it was going. I Yeah, I yeah. knew I would have been stuck in the rabbit hole of like 10 hours of Neil Young. And I was just like, nope. Not so like, me. did you get? The, did you ever get to a point where you would at least like attempt it, and you already knew like after the first thirty seconds, like this next forty five minutes is going to be painful. Yeah, like I put on Rockin' in the Free World, and I was like, okay, not I was, bad. I was reckon, I was told that this is one of the best solos and guitar playing on the album, and it wasn't up to snuff. And I was like, well, if this is the best, yeah, there's no way, there's that, no coming. That, yeah, like, that's like, the bar. Yeah, if if this is it, yeah. <laughs> This is it. I'm done. Yeah. And that's kind of where I shut it off. And you tried the rest <laughs> and it was... And I was like, nope. Not getting there. Yeah, not happening. Yeah. But then there was other, like, uh, other bands and shit that I've been recommended. Like, uh, like it's no it's no secret to anyone that listens to this show that I'm not a big Nirvana fan. Yes. Recently, I have gotten into their catalog. And re- well, it's not that I had to listen to it, because I'm, I'm, I'm uh, familiar with all of Yeah, Nirvana's like a rediscovery. Music. Yeah. It was like a rediscovery, and I have like a newfound appreciation for Nirvana based off of that. Yeah, but like it was like the kind of thing. It was like it smells like Teen Spirit. I'm like ugh. that's literally ugh. how it started with me. Yep, yep. It's like oh, in bloom. I mean, don't get me wrong, in bloom's cool, but it's like ugh, yeah. Ugh, are you serious? And then like you hear like drain you and shit, or not drain you. Um, yeah, drain you. Duh. You could tell how familiar I am with uh, Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> then like you know, I know like, bands. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I I know music. <laughs> then you find like hidden gems, like you know you're right and shit, and it's just like yeah, 
Like that, like that was the song where, like, I was like, all right, I really need to give them a little. They were one of those bands that took me until in utero to get over that "Smells Like Teen Spirit" bias of once I heard like radio friendly Unit Shifter, Tourette's, Milk It, Mm -hmm. and I got to read more into like Kurt's influences of like punk rock, and I understood like, wow, because I do hear some of those tendencies in there. But unlike certain bands of like the mid '90s, early 2000s, into that new metal scene that try to take like, for instance, like a Rage Against the Machine concept and like butcher it into the ground. Nirvana, to me, almost took that aesthetic of punk rock and made it into a more, obviously, what we call grunge today, but exactly. took it into a different direction where it was tasteful. But yeah. like I said, Smells Like Teen Spirit, to me, that was, the, oh, you got to listen to Nirvana. I would see the t-shirts, and I'm like, I'm not, yep. that's just not, like, no, dude, that shit's boring. You know, I've heard it so many times. And even, even like, um, in Bloom, for instance, I remember mm-hmm. that being on Rock Band or something, one of those games. Yeah. And I was like, Fuck this song, dude. Like, this shit sucks. <laughs> to this day, I still have an issue with In Bloom because of that. Like, it's a PTSD issues. I'm picturing the fucking padded snare drum on Rock Band. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm just like, fuck that song. But now, Like, same even on thing. Nevermind, it's not even the best song. No. Like, not even close. Not even. <laughs> Lounge Act is by far my favorite song on that album. Yeah. I like Lounge Act. So good. But yeah, that yeah. that is one of those bands. Like me, for instance, the biggest genre choice that's difficult, and you're familiar with this all the way through, is metalcore. Yep, I have a huge, and I think a lot of it started with high school. <laughs> I you know had very long hair. I used to wear certain T-shirts of very dark bands. You know, <laughs> very graphic T-shirts. Very graphic T-shirts. <laughs> but there was other individuals who also had darker clothes and longer hair, and yet it was very well kept and parted to a specific side and there was you know <laughs> vibrant colors on their t-shirts and i was just bunched in with them i was just one of those like they would like oh you're one of those scene kids and i'm like this is ba- this is gonna be bad <laughs> but i figured because some of these people listen to like bring me the horizon i remember like i wrestled a bear once yeah. texas in july i'm like it's kind of what i like but it's not really what i like so i figured hey guess what if you like this band from 2008 that sounds like this maybe you should listen to this band from like 1989 this is called morbid angel you'll probably like this and it like that's where i noticed the first differences yeah. and that immediately caused a spite where i was like this is i'm um, fuck your music dude <laughs> bring me the horizon was one of the first bands i think it was count your blessings was the album I, I liked Count Your Blessings. When that album. That was to, cool. That was the first one I really gave a shot. And to this day, I can still go back and still appreciate some of those songs because of the nostalgia behind it. And yep. then it was many years later. It wasn't until, ironically enough, I wound up at a Vans Warp Tour in Virginia in 2014. <laughs> it was a horrible fucking experience until a specific band came on. And because the front man was cool as shit, was Parkway Drive. Fuck yeah. Parkway Drive was like the perfect opportunity for me to like kind of like narrow in on like, wow, I do have a bias because I just allowed myself to listen to that fucking band. I was like, this is fucking cool. Yeah, there were times Drive I was has a jumping. Elements. Yeah, I was getting into pits. I was like this, like I felt it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other bands like a Mice and Men were on there. I'm like, fuck this band. I'm just standing <laughs> my arms folded like around the circle pits, like hoping someone bumps <laughs> into me so I have a reason to push them as hard as I can because like, why are you in a pit for this shit? You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> but when Parkway Drive came on, man, I was like, damn. And I immediately like left there, got into their discography. Of course, there's a lot of things I'm not mm-hmm. cool with, and there's, but there's a lot like the, the fucking riffs are great. The drumming's act, the vocalist is brilliant. Dude. Yeah. Um, but that's like the thing. Again, it takes certain things. And I like a lot of it has to do with live music at times. Cause I hear a lot of bands that I did not like too much. And then yeah. I hear them live and I go back, 
you know. And then another thing is, again, for instance, when we talk about this album you got mistakenly by Amazon. Yeah. That, first of all, wouldn't have been a band I searched, right? No. And if we someone, never would have found out about them. No. Ever. And it's crazy that way because if you think of exposure, like these guys obviously have tangible records for sale and, you know, how you get exposure these days is so fucking difficult if you don't know anybody. Exactly. But let's say somebody recommended that album to me and they're like, yo, it reminds me of As I Lay Dying or Suicide Silence. Which it doesn't. It doesn't at <laughs> all. But if someone started that way, that I would immediately be like, yo, I'll check it out. Just like, you know, when you're making plans with someone and you know you're not hanging out exactly. with them. Exactly. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Yeah. You know, that's what would have happened. Let me put a mark here on my phone. Yeah, that's what would have happened. <laughs> and it's fucking sad because, again, there's a lot of music I've probably missed out on just from that regard. Yeah, exactly. Like, actually, hold on here. I'm going to scroll through our text real quick. Um, I said, yo, do you want to hear something funny? <laughs> what up? Nicole bought me a Christmas present from Amazon. Some random ass metal band from Germany's vinyl came instead, and it's not bad. And then uh, I sent you the thing. I said, give them a listen. It's like a soft black metal, sort of. It's hard to explain what they are. That was the best way to explain it. Because anybody who can say it's hard to explain, it's like perfect. Because I have no clue what I'm exactly. getting myself into and I have to listen. And actually, if you look, and I'll show you this, enter this in the evidence, two of these albums at the top were just released. But if you notice, my most recently added album before the ones <laughs> is obviously that yeah. album. Because again, I, I'm i a big thing with that, where... It's like movies, for instance, too. You can say the same thing. You yeah. know, you try to put it on a pedestal, recommend it to something, and if you that person already doesn't like the movie you recommended it to, you're gonna sit down and base it off that. Exactly. You know, I have a friend that never saw The Godfather, for instance, and knows the hype behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, Bird Box when it came out. I still have yet to see Bird Box. When that first hit Netflix, it was all this hype. So immediately I sat down and watched it with an expectation. Yeah. You know, same thing with certain bands. My problem is, again, it's just like I miss out because the whole thing with Parkway Drive, I never would have listened to them. I honestly wouldn't have if it wasn't for that live concert because, again, I don't have shit that's recommended to me on YouTube. If I see Parkway Drive, I'm not clicking on it. Exactly. And if it pops up as a next video by accident, that shit's getting skipped. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Autoplay off. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I, I think another scenario with the live band situation, not for me, for instance, but my wife... We went to, we went and saw Ozzy. Mm-hmm. She only went for moral support. Of course. She saw the live show and instantly like, she's like, I mean, she'll fucking deny it to this day because she's too cool to like Ozzy. But she was like, Ozzy's really fucking good. I'm like, yeah, no, no, no fucking shit. Caught it. That's why Diary of Madman and Blizzard of Oz are the only two vinyls available on Amazon. Everything else is sold out. Didn't you cap, catch her tapping along to uh, Lamb of God one day, too? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 what yeah, I did God. was I put uh, Ashes of the Wake on. I, I put the album on my stream, Spotify, yeah. and she's fucking sitting there. She's tapping along. To, now you got something to die for. I'm like, yeah. this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that sometimes. But then I caught her, and she's like, no, no, I fucking hate Lamb of God. I yeah. hate Lamb of God. <laughs> what sucks is too is like you said with her like because too cool to listen to something yeah i felt that way for like the longest time about certain things you know what i mean like even yep. some of this modern rap that's come out like for instance lupe fiasco for a long time you know had a lot of shit where wasn't that great and then he released newer stuff and like got even worse and i would say i like lupe for these reasons yeah. or something like that 
Um, Lil Uzi Vert is one of the ones that came out recently that I had gotten shit for for liking a song. He had that song like "All My Friends Are Dead." Yeah, and it's like same thing with like you know your wife tapping along to now you got some time. She might not like that song, but it's one of those songs that just sticks subconsciously. It's yeah. in there. Like so, there's like a Selena Gomez song that I heard that I, I didn't mind. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Future. You know, there's a lot of rap and stuff out there now that's modern. Especially future, like there was a couple future songs that really I fucking got into. Hype a guy, mask on, mask off. Yeah, like there's a lot of shit out there where, again, if it doesn't fit a certain like bias or if it doesn't fit a certain taste already, yeah, kind of go into it. Like I'm not supposed to like this or I'm not going to like this, and that's a lot of other shit in life. But it just sucks because you think about how narrowed in. Like again, Post Malone playing Nirvana songs. Post Malone's playing them, so I enjoy them. But if someone had just showed the Nirvana video of them in 92 at Reading, like, do yeah. you like the song or do you like the artist that's playing the song? Exactly. And that's what sucks. And, you know, it's funny, too. Another, well, speaking of rap, recently I got into Wu-Tang and um, I went into it with the intentions of being let down. Of course. I was like. You know, the dude that recommended it was like, he didn't like any of the last shit Eminem had done. Yeah. And, you know, I was just like, ah, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. Yeah. And then I put on the first two Wu-Tang albums and I was like, oh. You get it. I get it now. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still not going to be like, you know, repping Wu-Tang by any means. That's but, not, yeah. But and I that's understand a, it. That's another problem with the scene, though. Like in any music scene, because yep. that album is hot, like hailed as such critical acclaim that if you don't like it the way most people do, then immediately they're judging your music. Yeah, and I'm an oh, asshole. this guy doesn't like <laughs> fucking Return of 36 or Enter 36, whichever yeah. one you've listened to, even ODB, his solo shit, you know, Jizza, any of that stuff. Oh, you don't like that stuff? Well, you probably don't have good taste in rap. Exactly. You know, oh, you're not a huge fan of Tupac's early work? Probably not a huge, no, good fan of rap. <laughs> you know, it's just, again, there's a lot of things where it sucks. Because, again, there's people out there that I guarantee you say they like certain albums, yeah. but don't like them. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm like, for to- the longest time. Like, I fought for the longest time to argue people. Like, I brought it up earlier, Abbey Road. Yeah. Just, like, talking to, like, older adults and stuff when I was, like, trying to get into music. And I swore I loved that album. It took me a lot of years to just pretty much say, fuck the Beatles. Like, I'm just not a Beatles fan. Not. I'm surprised it took you that long. Yeah. It didn't take me long at all. Actually, I, you want to know how long it took me? Hell. 16 hours. <laughs> 16 hours is how long it takes to drive straight through from New Jersey to Florida. My uncle had um, Sirius XM radio, okay. and he had it on the whole ride. Fucking whatever the Beatles channel was, there was a Beatles channel on Sirius or XM before the merger. Yeah. And, dude, I heard Yellow Submarine like 50 fucking times no. on the ride from here to Florida. That'll kill someone. And, dude... Like, I was just like, fuck the Beatles. That's one of those moments in the movie where you see them just open the door and they're fucking just... Dude, I remember, actually, as a matter of fact, I remember because I knew that my uncle drove us down because we were seeing our grandparents. And my dad was coming down there to do something at some point, like, later on in the summer. I opted to stay in Florida. So I didn't have to hear the Beatles on the way back. That's... Oh, wow. (laughs) Holy shit, that's deep. I was like, Dad, I really want to stay with Grandma. I want to stay with Grandma and Papa. I want to stay down here in Florida. You got the truth, Sarah, was I can't handle another drive with the yellow submarine. I can't fucking do it, I, Dad. I just can't do the yellow submarine, Dad. I can't do I'm, it. I'm going to fucking kill everybody in the car. I can't do it. My dad probably been like, okay, I understand. It was the same thing, too. <laughs> like, uh, 
Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Um, like a lot of foreigner songs. And, and it's funny because I got in the car with my dad the other day. And again, he listens to Classic Rewind on Sirius XM. Yeah. Uh, bon Jovi came on. <laughs> Now, here's what happens usually. I just like laugh and like that. This always comes on. It's either Sammy Hagar, Van Halen with Sammy Hagar, the Van Hagar era. It's either David Lee Ross solo shit, always Yankee Rose, or Van Halen in general. Sometimes Billy Squire in there to pepper it up. <laughs> but dude, Bon Jovi came on and this Billy has Squire happened before. Taste. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's the relish on the top of the dad rock. So <laughs> fucking Bon Jovi comes on. This is like the third time it came on. We were on a pretty decent trip and it was a top like 500 or something. And somehow Bon Jovi made it on there in like 50 spots between each other. And like, this is, this is not going to be good. (laughs) After the second song, we already had like, kind of like, dad, this is funny. Bon Jovi always comes on. I'm not a huge fan of Bon Jovi. I know he does a lot of philanthropy work, dad. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Okay, dad, stop talking to the Bon Jovi. This always happens. It always happens. Dude, second song came on. I turned it to fucking lithium. I got off that channel. I'm like, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> I was so sick of it, dude, that, again, like, I'm at that point in my life where there are certain artists yeah. like, that I've already made my decisions and I've gave them enough rope, you know? But again, there are a lot of artists where I I get too harsh. Like, pop punk was a genre I was harsh on for many years and I've slowly opened those doors and yeah. more and more bands are coming through, especially like the earlier scene. Yeah, that I'm starting to get more and more in tune with and I'm cool with. Yep. Um, but like certain, there are certain ones the doors are closed. The doors are fucking, sorry. Like, yeah. no entrance. It's done. We, we tried. <laughs> So I think in conclusion, I think we let's 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 pinpoint one band. Okay. That, that like you, were- you, you use Nirvana already, but like pinpoint another band that you couldn't stand at first, but you kind of rediscovered. And then one band where the doors are closed. Okay. Um I gave a shot and liked would be all time low. Okay. That's a good um, one. You know, it's not even that I didn't like them before. I just never listened to them. I was like, oh well. Fuck, fuck pop punk. This shit's stupid. Fucking yeah. defend pop punk. This shit, you know, whatever. Yeah. Never listen to them. Yeah. And then, of course, I married my wife, and she's fucking huge, all-time all time low nut. And I was like, you know what? This really isn't that bad. Wow. And then I heard their new album, and I was like, this new album really fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which it did. I think it's like, yeah, Arrived by Daylight or I heard some it. stupid shit. I it heard sucked. It. Yeah, and it was very... Uh, like waited upon or whatever the word. I'm yeah, like, anticipated. It was like, yeah, it was anticipated. Was and I was like, word. for what? <laughs> and like, they had a um, a guest spot from the band Camino. Yes, that was on the record. And yep. my sister was like, "You love the band Camino? They did a song." I was like, "Yeah, I fucking heard it. And I'm surprised they put their name on this." <laughs> what are you talking about? This is the best song they ever did. I was like, "Yeah, okay." And then you woke up. <laughs> oh my god! So I'm surprised they even fucking tarnished their name with this bullshit. This well. fucking album sucked. <laughs> Um, and then another band where the doors completely closed, never to be opened again. Yeah. The Beatles. Yeah. The Beatles is like my number one all time, like hated I can get behind that. Like I said, like before, like, don't get me wrong. There's a couple songs that I could get down with. Yeah. But I just keep going back to that Yellow Submarine Florida trip. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. That's very bad. I I fucking drove on the Penny Lane on, in the submarine. (laughs) With with Sergeant Pepper, and you know I I wasn't fucking down. It's so bad, (laughs) so bad. Um, So what about you? Mine. All right, this is the one that initially 
And I'll keep it on the same close to genre base as all time low was Coheed and Cambria. Oh shit. Couldn't stand Coheed and Cambria. I remember when a favorite house Atlantic first hit that fucking music video and his voice, when it chimed in with his big fucking curly hair, he's like, you're too stormy. <laughs> he's like hot. And I was like, this is fucking garbage, dude. And for the longest time I wrote them off, wrote them off, wrote them off. And then the suffering came out off that next album. And I saw that video a thousand times, which was like total, you know, I believe in a thing called love type, you know, yeah. fantasy fucking video. And like that song actually grew on me. And I went back and Coheed and Cambria, I give them a lot of credit. Like they're fairly fucking talented. And I love Coheed and Cambria. I do too now. And that was another thing. They were also on one of those rock band guitar hero games. One Welcome of their songs. Home. Welcome Home. That's it. And that song actually was totally I opposite of in bloom because that song that riff was so fucking cool that intro yeah I was like this song's actually pretty cool (laughs) and that kind of like turned me back towards them and the more and more I like that vocal style and that song style like it was it's too too like it's enveloping it's like nostalgic like it just gives you good vibes like I don't know what it is about that band now here's a question for you at least this is how I perceive Cody and Cambria I perceive them as like our generation's rush. Almost. Like they, right like about they don't there. sound like anybody else. They're not a pop punk band. They're not all just a rock alternative band. rock. They're, they're just they're they fall in, Yeah, they fall into that weird abyss of exactly. isolated genre point. And you know, plus like the vocal stylings of Geddy Lee and Claudio very Sanchez. Close. They're very, very, very similar. Close. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. That's how I've always perceived them was like a newer generation's version of Rush. Yeah. I, I I wasn't sure if you saw it the same way. Yeah, I could. No, I never looked at it like that. But when you put that out there like that, it's totally obvious now. Because, again, I, if I'm sitting there saying, oh, I listen to like State Champs or Newfound Glory or something. Never once will I think to recommend Cohe and Cambria in that same light. Exactly. But then if I'm recommending any band from like the late 90s, 2000s, I don't know any other bands that I could say like, oh, if you like them you should check out coheed and can it's kind of weird they do fall in that weird yeah. like abyss the, genre it's just like you know like yeah progressive yeah especially welcome home like the guitar oh, work yeah. is like nowhere near anything of just what i would put in like their earlier albums are fucking insane yeah like in keeping secrets and shit yes and you know um yeah i think there's like two in keeping secrets i forget but like that's where i first heard them and yeah. i was like this fucking band is awesome yeah favorite house atlantic to this day will always give me like this fond memory of my childhood uh devil in jersey city that's another good one yes dude they're just there's a good we never talk about coding and Cambridge. we really don't they're, i know they're very good but band. i was literally listening to them on the drive down here <laughs> from uh wichita and it uh yeah, that was like the first band that came to mind. I thought like I absolutely hated them for a long period of time, and now I'm totally okay with Cody and Cambria. Door that I'm uh, the one I'm totally closing the doors on. Bill, I'm really sorry to do this to you. Ah, uh, no, really, you're not. Well, maybe what you think, but not what you think. But it's Sammy Hagar. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. If, I, if you thought I was going to say. Like, I thought you were going to, like, case closed Van Halen. Absolutely not. Like, no, because I fucking women and children first now. Like, that, I fuck with that album heavy. You got to listen to Fair Warning. I know. You keep recommending it to me. Fair Warning I've listened to, to it a couple like. of times, but I never really actually just did it without doing anything. It's the heavier. Of yeah, them. I'm going to have to really double check. But Van Halen 1, 2, women and children first, all of them so far. They're very, very good. But yeah, Sammy Hagar, I'm done. Yeah. I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, I think my dad, it, it's been dead. 
there well, was a possibility it was like in cardiac arrest where maybe some sort of revival was going to come. But to this day, like it's just I think about it, dude. I got to let him go and pull in the plug. Now you're ready to, you know, go above or below 55. Yeah. You're ready to just go. I drive bit. 56 on out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can't drive 55. So that, that would mean you would have to drive 55. You're right. So he would either be going slower or faster, which means you would need so to be So from now exactly on to this day, anytime I'm on the turnpike on a 65 mile per hour road, 55. I'm literally going 55. Make sure in true Jersey fashion, you're in the left lane. 100%. As well. Absolutely. <laughs> Far left lane. Cruise control on. I'm stuck. 55. Now, dude, you know, I can understand the whole Sammy Hagar thing. I mean,. To be it's honest, corny. I'm not a super giant fan of Sammy Hagar's solo work. Yeah. I mean, like, VOA's cool and, like, you know, Never Say Goodbye. And it's just, it doesn't do Eagles it. Fly is a good song. There's a lot of glam bands that I was probably going to pick out of that scene, but then mm-hmm. there's some where it's like a certain song will come on and I, I don't mind it. Yeah. But Sammy Hagar, when it comes on, like, you ever just look at someone's face and you don't fucking like them? <laughs> That's what his music does to me. Like, I don't know what it is. It's just, you, I hate you. <laughs> like that's just like I, I remember the pop up video that would come on all the time like yeah. three a.m. and I'm like coked out and can't sleep and I'm like I can't deal with this I like this like, put how something. many TVs have you punched through thinking you were gonna hit Sam well this was back when the TVs had the VHS player connected oh. you can't punch through those things you'll break your fucking wrist I've, I've tried a couple times I fractured my growth plate in my wrist one time just trying to like like hammer smash it just like that's my funny. wrist <laughs> please TV just turn off. Lost my remote. <laughs> 55's on. I can't That's sleep. So Birds are chirping. That's if, that, if you wanted to detail my most miserable morning, that would be it. Sun's barely coming up. I got a dry nose. I have school <laughs> the next day, and Sammy Hagar's playing on pop-up video. So not only am I hearing this fucking song, but I'm hearing every goddamn fact about it that I don't need. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so bad. That's Followed so shortly funny. after losing my religion by R.E.M. because they played that 3,000 times. That's so funny. <laughs> That's great. So, do you agree or disagree? Is there shit that you wish we would have brought up? I mean, music is just an ever-expanding medium. There is obviously stuff that we didn't bring up that you would have liked us to. If you have any discrepancies, questions, comments, insults, you can throw them our way. Podcast at gmail.com. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Podcast. But... For now, let's get into our personal suggestions of the week. My suggestion for this week is to check out the long-forgotten, misunderstood, underrated Ozzy Osbourne album, The Ultimate Sin. The song in question is Killer of Giants. I feel like The Ultimate Sin is just like a little funny little footnote in Ozzy's career but it also features some of like the best songs. I mean, in my opinion, I think Jakey e. Lee's, you know, an insanely good guitar player. He does not get enough credit yeah, he really for doesn't. his work. No. Like everyone always thinks of Bark at the Moon. Like, oh, Bark at the Moon, Bark at the Moon. But The Ultimate Sin had a lot of good songs. Yeah. On. Well, you got to think about the guitarists that have been with Ozzy back. Yeah, they set the bar very high, even regardless of what part of his career. I mean, that's true. But I mean, like, I don't know. In my opinion, I think Killer of Giants might be just as good as Bark at the Moon. Or even the ultimate sin, the, the title track is just as good. Or you know, shot in the dark. Yeah, like that that little you know that little hit right there. I mean, I think uh, the ultimate sin is like Ozzy's least favorite album of his old discography too, if I'm not mistaken. 
But yeah, so my suggestion for this week is to check out The Ultimate Sin. Uh, song is Killer of Giants. Very nice. Uh, my recommendation is the 1994 release by hip-hop artist Scarface. The album is called The Diary. The t- This is a tough one on recommendation, but I'm just going to go simple. Uh, standout track is track three. It's called No Tears. Those of you who have seen the movie Office Space will be familiar with this song, hence why I'm recommending this one, because if you can enjoy that full song, the whole album's phenomenal. So yeah, definitely check out Scarface the Diary. Nice. Our group suggestion this week, featuring over a decade of behind-the-scenes personal footage, coupled with unprecedented access to the band's most explosive live tours and the world's biggest music festivals. You can find all of this and more in Viva the Underdogs, the Parkway Drive documentary, uh, directed by Alan Hardy, released in January of 2020. Um, I personally have seen this, and it's incredible. Yeah, it's such a good fucking movie. I think. I mean, because you brought up Parkway Drive earlier. Yeah, it's yeah, it was convenient. <clears throat> it's just something. It's something where you know, like you'd see it and just be like, like holy shit! Like you see it as like they're like kids. Yeah, like on like their first tours and shit, all the way up until them like, like headlining like Rock Am Ring or whatever fucking Hellfest or some whatever the whatever festivals it is or download or something, but. Like you see how they go from like the, you know, like the little like mayhem's or whatever to Warp Tour to these fucking huge festivals, and it's just like you see the progression of this band, and it's just it's incredible. It's something yeah, it's cool awesome. to check out. Viva the underdogs, check it out. But until then, this Rage Against the Mainstream signing off for the evening. Like I said before, check us out on our social medias: facebook.com slash retm podcast. Instagram and Twitter at RATM Podcast. And as always, our email is open for submissions, suggestions, comments, questions. Drop us a line. Say hi. RATM Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can hit us up on our website, RATM Podcast.wixsite.com. That's W I X site.com slash RATM Podcast. But until then, this is Rage Against the Mainstream signing off for the evening. As always, I'm Bill. And I'm Steve. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for listening.